Welcome back to the Leadership Cheat Code, where we unlock the cheat code to effective leadership. My name is Brian Vaughn. Today, I will explore the 10 essential characteristics and qualities that define a good leader. Whether you're a manager, an entrepreneur, or simply looking to enhance your leadership skills, these traits are fundamental for success. Furthermore, I would delve into two detailed strategies for each characteristic to help you develop and strengthen your leadership abilities. So let's get started. Characteristic number one, visionary. A good leader possesses a strong vision and is capable of inspiring others to work towards a common goal. They have the ability to see the big picture and guide their team towards it. So here are two strategies to enhance your visionary leadership. Strategy number one, create and communicate a compelling vision. Clearly articulate your vision in a way that resonates with your team members. Consider the long-term aspirations, values, and desired outcomes. Connect the vision to the individual goals of the team members, showing them how their efforts contribute to the larger picture. So here's a breakdown of the key components of this strategy. The first step is to develop a compelling and inspiring vision for the team. A well-crafted vision should be forward-thinking, ambitious, and provide a clear sense of direction. It should answer the questions like, where do we want to be in the future? And what do we want to aim to achieve as a team? The vision should encompass the long-term aspirations of the team and organization. It could be a description of how the team envisions itself in 5, 10, or even 20 years down the line. By setting long-term aspirations, the team can aim higher and stay motivated to work towards something bigger than immediate short-term goals. Next is to make the vision more personal and meaningful for each team member. It is essential to connect the overarching vision to their individual goals and aspirations. Show team members how their roles and contributions fit into the larger picture. Explain how their efforts directly contribute to the team's success and how they play a crucial part in achieving the shared vision. A compelling vision should evoke emotions, inspiration, and motivation among team members. It should create a sense of enthusiasm and a shared sense of purpose. A well-communicated vision can instill a sense of belonging and commitment, leading to increased engagement and productivity. Lastly, be open to feedback and input from team members. Encourage discussions and dialogue about the vision. Team members may have valuable insight and ideas that can refine and strengthen the vision. Involving team members in the process can enhance their sense of ownership and dedication to the shared vision. Strategy number two is to foster innovation and creativity. Create a safe and inclusive space where team members feel comfortable expressing their ideas and opinions without fear of judgment or criticism. Foster a culture that values and respects diverse perspectives as this can spark creativity and innovation amongst the team. Provide resources and support for experimentation, allowing team members to explore innovative solutions. So here are some details about the key components of this strategy. Number one is to create a safe and inclusive space. The foundation of this strategy is to ensure that you establish this safe and inclusive environment where team members feel psychologically, psychologically safe to express their thoughts, ideas, and opinions. Psychological safety means that team members feel confident that they won't face negative consequences like ridicule or punishment for sharing their ideas. When people feel safe, they are more willing to take risks and think creatively. So don't shoot their ideas down. 
allow them space psychologically so that they can foster those ideas openly and freely. There's nothing like being in a situation where you have a great idea and you're presenting this idea and then all of a sudden your idea is either ridiculed or shot down in some type of way. That person no longer wants to open up or provide input to the overall team. So don't shut down ideas. Next is to value diverse perspectives. Encouraging diversity within the team is crucial. It is paramount. Diversity in terms of their backgrounds, experiences, and perspectives brings a broader range of ideas to the table. When different viewpoints are welcome and respected, it fosters a culture where creativity can flourish. Team members should be encouraged to listen actively and empathetically to others' viewpoints and be open to the possibility that someone else's perspective may lead to innovative solutions. Next is culture of innovation. Building a culture that values innovation is essential. This involves reinforcing the idea that innovation is not just about radical breakthroughs, but can also come through incremental improvements or new approaches to existing challenges. Recognizing and celebrating innovative thinking, even when it doesn't immediately lead to success, right? We always want, I have an idea, it's innovative, I should see some success or results from it. But even when you don't achieve immediate results, it does help to nurture a culture where creativity is appreciated. Next is resources and support for experimentation. Innovation often involves experimentation and taking risks. Leaders should provide the necessary resources, time, and support for team members to explore and test their ideas. This might include allocating a budget for small-scale experiments, allowing time for research and development, or creating a dedicated innovation team that focuses on generating new ideas. Right, So creating hackathons and hack-oriented teams is great when you're looking at innovation and creating new innovative ideas. Next is recognizing and rewarding innovation. Acknowledge and appreciate innovative efforts. This can be done through formal recognition programs, rewards, or incentives for successful innovations. Recognizing individual and team contributions to creativity reinforces the importance of innovation within the organization. Characteristic number two is communication. Effective communication is crucial for leaders to convey ideas, provide feedback, and build relationships. So let's explore two strategies to improve your communication as a leader. Number one is active listening. Practice active listening by giving your full, undivided attention and seeking to understand the perspective of others. Reflect back what others have said to ensure that you have understood them correctly. This allows you to foster trust and open dialogue. So here are some key elements of active listening. Number one is pay attention, right? So when practicing active listening, it is essential to focus solely on the speaker without distractions. Put away your phone, don't interrupt, maintain eye contact to demonstrate that you are engaged and interested in what others have to say. I'm always preaching about attending behaviors, right? What are attending behaviors? That involves ensure that you are reflecting nodding head. Your body language conveys that you are interested in what the other person has to say. Next is empathy and understanding. Seek to understand the speaker's point of view from their perspective. Try to put yourself in their shoes and imagine how they might be feeling or thinking. Show empathy and acknowledge their emotions without judgment. Next is to reflect and paraphrase. 
So to ensure that you've understood the speaker correctly, paraphrase or summarize what they have said in your own words. This technique not only helps you to internalize the information, but it also lets the speaker know that you are actively listening and trying to comprehend their message. You are fully engaged and they can see that through your behaviors. Next is clarifying. If something is unclear or ambiguous, do not hesitate to ask for clarification. It shows the speaker that you are genuinely interested in understanding their thoughts and that you value their input. Next is to avoid interruptions and jumping to conclusions. So let the speaker finish their thoughts before you respond. Avoid interrupting or finishing their sentences before they finish speaking. Right? This is, I'm a big proponent of seven habits. I am a certified seven habits facilitator. Habit five, seek first to understand, then to be understood. Don't jump to conclusions. Don't interrupt, right? Don't try to finish their sentences for them. Refrain from making those assumptions or jumping to conclusions before the speaker has fully expressed their ideas. Strategy number two is to tailor your communication style. Adapting your communication style to the needs of different team members is crucial. Some individuals may prefer direct or concise communication, while others may appreciate more detailed explanations or a more collaborative approach. Consider factors such as personality, their preferred channels, and cultural backgrounds when communicating. Utilize both written and verbal communication to ensure clarity and understanding among team members. So here are some key points to consider when implementing this strategy. Number one is to recognize that team members have diverse communication preferences. Some individuals, once again, may prefer direct and to-the-point communication, while others may value a more detailed explanation and context. So by understanding these preferences, you can tailor your approach to match each team member's needs. Number two is that different personality types process information and respond to communication in varying ways. Some team members might be extroverted and appreciate open discussions, while others could be more introverted and prefer one-on-one conversations. So by taking personality differences into account, you can adopt your communication to create a comfortable and an effective environment for all. Number three, consider the communication channels preferred by each team member. Some might prefer face-to-face meetings, while others might feel more at ease with written communication, such as emails or instant messaging. Using these channels that your team members are most comfortable with can enhance the efficiency and effectiveness of your interactions. Next is cultural differences can influence communication styles, right? They can absolutely influence your communication styles and expectations. So be mindful of diverse cultural backgrounds within your teams. Some cultures may emphasize indirect communication, while others may value directness. As in us here in America, we value direct communication where others may not. So be very mindful of those communication preferences. Being sensitive to these differences can prevent misunderstandings and also promote a more inclusive team environment. Utilizing a combination of written and verbal communication helps ensure that important information is conveyed clearly and understood by all team members. When complex topics arise, providing written documentation alongside verbal explanations can reinforce the message and give team members an opportunity to review the details at their own pace. That is a very valuable lesson right there. When you're communicating something, just don't solely rely on verbal communication, but also provide documentation that reinforces the communication that was communicated. Hmm. Right. So provide documentation as notes, 
as reference points that they can use to reference back to the communication that was previously communicated. Right? Try to say it like that <laughs> three times. Our next characteristic is characteristic number three, which is integrity. Mm, this is a big one, integrity. A good leader maintains a high, a high level of integrity and ethical standards, inspiring trust and respect. So let's take a moment to explore two strategies to develop and showcase integrity. Number one is to display integrity in ethical behaviors, right? That sounds like the first strategy, the first step, right? So you as a leader have to act with integrity and demonstrate ethical behavior in all aspects of your work. Show consistency between your words and actions, consistency between words and what you do. This builds trust and establishes you as a reliable and credible leader. Be transparent in your decision-making processes. This helps to explain the reasoning behind your actions, right? So don't be afraid to explain why you're making a decision. I've heard too often leaders say, well, I'm making this decision, so that's it, without any explanation as to why they're making that particular decision. Let's take a look at some of the elements of how to accomplish this particular strategy. Number one is adherence to moral principles. Leaders who display integrity are committed to adhering to a clear set of moral principles. This builds trust and establishes you as a reliable and credible leader. Be transparent in your decision-making process, explaining the reasoning behind your actions. So here are the key elements of this strategy. Number one is adherence to moral principles. Leaders who display integrity are committed to adhering to a clear set of moral principles and values. These principles serve as a compass guiding their decision-making processes and actions. They make choices based on what is morally right and just, even in challenging situations. Next is consistency between words and actions, right? So one of the cornerstones of ethical leadership is maintaining consistency between what a leader says and what a leader does. Actions that align with their words reinforce the trust and credibility they build with their team. Conversely, inconsistency can erode trust and undermine their leadership effectiveness. Next, it's all about building trust. As we know, trust is the foundation of successful leadership. Leaders who demonstrate ethical behavior and act with integrity inspire trust among their team members and stakeholders. Trust creates a positive environment where individuals feel comfortable sharing their ideas, concerns, and feedback openly. Next is having this trans, I mentioned it before, transparency in decision-making. Ethical leaders are transparent about their decision-making process. They communicate the reasoning behind their actions and involve relevant stakeholders when appropriate. Transparency fosters an environment of openness and fairness, reducing suspicions and promoting understandings among team members. So let's look at the next strategy, which is encouraging accountability. Create a strong culture of accountability where team members take responsibility for their actions and outcomes. Emphasize the importance of personal accountability and pride in their contributions. As a leader, you need to set clear expectations and provide constructive feedback to address any deviations from these ethical standards. So let's take a look at this strategy in detail. So of course, number one is the ability to create a culture of accountability. Building a culture of accountability means establishing an environment where individuals are expected to be responsible for their actions, their decisions, and their impact on the team and organization as a whole. This culture emphasizes the importance of integrity, honesty, and ethical behavior. Team members are encouraged to own up to their mistakes, to learn from them, and to work collaboratively to achieve common goals. Next is personal responsibility. 
Encouraging personal responsibility means empowering team members to take ownership of their tasks, their projects, and their overall responsibilities. Each individual understands that their role and actions directly influence the team's success, and they are committed to fulfilling their duties to the best of their capabilities. Next is to set clear expectations. Setting clear expectations is essential in fostering accountability. Team members need to understand what is expected of them in terms of their roles, their responsibilities, and ethical conduct. This clarity helps prevent misunderstanding and ensures that everyone is on the same page. I love this particular section. I had a mentor that drilled into me and she had this saying that expectations are only as effective as they are specific. So next is constructive feedback. Constructive feedback plays a vital role in accountability. Team leaders and managers should provide timely and constructive feedback to team members, addressing any deviations from ethical standards or performance issues. Feedback should focus on guiding individuals towards improvement rather than merely criticizing their actions. Next is all about ethical standards. So emphasizing ethical standards is paramount in promoting accountability. Team members should be educated about the organization's ethical guidelines and policies. They should be aware of the consequences of unethical behavior and understand the importance of adhering to the higher standards of integrity. All right, so let's jump into characteristic number four, which is empathy. Empathy allows leaders to understand and connect with team members on a deeper level. So here are two strategies to help you as a leader cultivate empathy. Number one is to practice active empathic listening, right? So show genuine interest in understanding others' emotions and perspective. Validate their feelings and provide support when needed, fostering a sense of trust and compassion. So here is a more detailed breakdown of the key elements of this strategy. Number one, all about, once again, active listening. It is the foundation of this strategy. It means giving the speaker your full attention, being present in the moment and focusing on what they are saying without interrupting or judging, right? I've mentioned that particularly earlier. It is a very important skill in pretty much everything you do as a leader, right? But when you're practicing active listening, this requires putting aside any distractions, any assumptions, and demonstrating that you are genuinely interested in what the person has to say. Next, of course, empathy. Empathy is the ability to understand and share the feelings of another person. When practicing active empathic listening, you are not only listening to the words being spoken, but also trying to grasp the emotions behind those words. This may involve reading the speaker's body language, tone of voice, facial expressions to gain a deeper understanding of their emotional state. Next is having a non-judgmental attitude. It is essential to approach this conversation with a non-judgmental attitude. People are more likely to open up and express themselves honestly when they feel they won't be criticized or dismissed. Suspend any personal biases or preconceptions and strive to create a safe and acceptable space for the speaker. Next is validation. Validating someone's feelings means acknowledging their emotions and letting them know that their feelings are heard and respected. Validation doesn't necessarily mean that you agree with their perspective. It's about showing that you understand and accept their emotional experience as valid and important. Next is utilizing reflective responses. So engage in reflective responses to demonstrate that you are actively listening and comprehending what the speaker is saying. Now you can paraphrase their words or summarize their feelings to confirm your understanding. This not only shows that you are paying attention, but also gives the speaker an opportunity to clarify or elaborate on their thoughts. Okay, so let's jump into strategy number two, which is to foster a supportive environment. 
So create opportunities for team members to share their thoughts and concerns openly. Offer flexibility and understanding when dealing with personal or professional challenges, promoting a caring work environment. Follow through on your commitments and demonstrate consistency in your words and actions. The main components of this strategy include things such as open communication. This is encouraging team members to express their thoughts and ideas and concerns openly, creating an atmosphere where everyone feels comfortable sharing their opinions without fear of judgment or ridicule or being made fun of or having their ideas shot down. This can be achieved through regular team meetings, one-on-one discussions, or even setting up anonymous feedback channels. Active listening is crucial here to ensure that team members feel heard and valued. Next is flexibility and understanding. Recognizing that team members have personal lives, right? We all have personal lives and challenges outside of work. And as a leader, we need to be flexible and understand that we all have these challenges that happen outside of work. So as leaders, we need to offer flexibility and work arrangements when possible, such as flexible working hours or remote work options, right? We love remote work options. I know a lot of leaders don't, but remote work options provide tons of flexibility in people's everyday lives. This gives you, the leader, the ability to demonstrate understanding and empathy towards personal or professional challenges that team members might be facing. Because the reality is that we all face challenges, right? We all face family emergencies, health issues, or other life events that can impact our own work performance. So just be mindful that we all are going through something or maybe going through something. And as leaders, we just need to be flexible and have the understanding that those things can come up. Next is to create a caring work environment. This is your ability as a leader to promote a culture of care and support within the team. Encourage team members to look out for one another and foster an environment where helping each other is valued. So things like team building activities, mentorship programs, or social gatherings can strengthen relationships and create a sense of camaraderie among team members. Next, let's look at commitment and consistency. You as a leader, this allows you to be reliable and consistent in your words and actions, right? What a leader says and what a leader does. So when you make promises or commitments, ensure that you follow through on them, right? The biggest thing with leaders is making sure that you do what you say you're going to do. This builds trust and credibility among team members. Consistency in your leadership style and decision-making also provides a sense of stability within the team. Next is all about personal development. So support the growth and development of your team members by offering opportunities for training, skill building, career advancement, showing an interest in their career goals and investing in their development demonstrates that you value them as individuals. All right, so characteristic number five is decisive, right? We got 10. Characteristic number five is decisiveness. So being a decisive leader is essential for you to make timely and effective decisions. So let's look at some strategies to enhance your decisiveness. Number one is to gather and analyze information. So your ability to collect relevant data and insights before making the decision is crucial. You have to consider the pros and cons, weigh the potential outcomes and risk associated with each option. Look for connections, Look for trends, patterns that can guide your understanding and help you identify potential solutions. So here are some strategies, right? I'm not going to leave you hanging. I'm going to give you tons of strategies for every single characteristic. So here are some strategies to help you with decisiveness. Number one is to identify the decision. Clearly define the decision that needs to be made. 
This involves understanding the problem or opportunity at hand and setting specific objectives for the decision-making process. Number two, data requirements and collection. Determine what type of data is needed to address the decision effectively. This may involve qualitative and or quantitative information depending on the nature of your decision. Collect data from various sources such as surveys, interviews, reports, market research, and other relevant data sets. It is essential to ensure that the data gathered is reliable, accurate, and up-to-date. Next is to organize and verify and analyze the data. Organize the collected data in a structured manner. Check for any inconsistencies or errors in the data and validate its credibility. Employ various analytical methods and tools to examine the data. Look for connections, trends, patterns, and correlations that can offer valuable insights into the problem or decisions under consideration. Next is to consider the pros and cons. Identify the potential advantages and disadvantages associated with each option available. You have to do it for each option, right? This involves evaluating the possible outcomes and consequences of each of your choices that you are going to implement. That leads us to the next, which is to weigh potential outcomes and risk. This is the ability for you as a leader to assess the potential results of each option and consider the associated risk and uncertainties. This evaluation helps to understand the potential impact of each decision on various stakeholders and the organization as a whole. Next is to identify solutions. Based on the analysis, pinpoint potential solutions or courses of action that align with the objective of the decision-making process. And then next is to make the informed decision. Armed with thorough understanding of the data and insights allows you to make an informed decision. This decision should be supported by evidence and the logical conclusions drawn from the analysis. Okay, strategy number two is to trust your instincts, right? your gut, right there. Trust your instincts. This allows you to develop your intuition by drawing from past experiences and knowledge. Reflect on those past experiences where your instincts have proven to be reliable and use them as a reference point. Cultivate self-confidence and trust your gut. Right? Trust your gut when faced with uncertain situations. This reflection helps you refine and strengthen your instincts over time. So let's look closely at how to implement this particular strategy. Number one is drawing from past experiences. By analyzing situations where your instincts have proven to be reliable, you can identify patterns or commonalities that lead to successful outcomes. These could be decisions made in personal relationships, professional settings, or any other significant life events. Recognizing the instances where your instincts guided you correctly can build your confidence in relying on them in the future. Next is using past experience as a reference point. The past experiences where your instincts were accurate serves as a reference point for making decisions in similar situations. So when faced with a new challenge or uncertain scenario, you can draw parallels to past events and assess whether your instincts align with those previous successful outcomes. This comparison helps in making more informed decisions based on your intuition. Next is cultivating self-confidence. Trusting your instincts, trusting your gut, right, requires a level of self-assurance and belief in your abilities. Cultivating self-confidence involves acknowledging your strengths and weaknesses, understanding your values and beliefs, and embracing your past experiences, both positive and negative ones. The more confident you are in yourself, the more likely you are to trust your instincts without second-guessing them. Right? Start trusting that gut, which leads us to the next, which is trust your gut in uncertain circumstances or uncertain situations. Uncertainty is just a natural part of life, and it can be challenging to make decisions when faced with ambiguity. This strategy encourages relying on your gut feeling when 
confronted with uncertainty. It means paying attention to your initial reaction and emotions without overthinking and letting external pressures cloud your judgment, right? It's all about using that gut once again. Trust it. It's, uh, it won't steer you wrong if you really trust your gut and trust your instincts. That's the key, one of the biggest keys to leadership that I've learned over the years. Trust your gut. All right, so let's get into refining and strengthening your instincts. As you continue to trust your instincts and make decisions based on intuition, you refine and strengthen this aspect of the decision-making process. Uh, by evaluating the outcomes of decisions made through intuition, you can learn from both successful and unsuccessful. We learn from both, right? Successful and unsuccessful instances. Over time, your instincts become more reliable and accurate, enabling you as a leader to make better choices in various situations. Okay, characteristic number six is adaptability. A good leader must be adaptable to navigate the ever-changing landscape of business, right? Things are going to change. So how can you ensure that you are adapting to the ever-changing environment? So here are some strategies to help improve your adaptability. Strategy number one is to embrace change. Encourage a growth mindset within your team, emphasizing the benefits of embracing change because change is inevitable. It will happen. Encourage yourself and your team members to see change as an opportunity for personal and professional growth. Emphasize the value of being open to new ideas, perspectives, and approaches. So let's take a deeper look at this strategy and how to do this. Number one is to cultivate a growth mindset. A growth mindset involves believing that skills and abilities can be developed over time with effort, learning, and persistence. So as a leader, you can foster a growth mindset within your team by highlighting the success stories of individuals who have overcome challenges through perseverance and continuous learning. Encourage team members to see their capabilities as malleable and to focus on improving themselves rather than comparing themselves to others. Next is seeing change as an opportunity. When change occurs, whether it's in the form of new projects, new processes, technologies, encourage your teams to view these changes as opportunities for growth and development. Rather than just what we normally take, our normal posture is to resist or to fear the change. They should embrace it as a chance to expand their skills, their knowledge, and experiences. Next, it's all about continuous learning. Encourage a culture of continuous learning within your team. Provide resources for training, for workshops, and skill development opportunities. This not only enhances their abilities, but also reinforces the idea that learning is an ongoing process. Next is openness to new ideas and perspectives. Foster an environment where team members feel comfortable sharing new ideas, suggestions, and perspectives. Welcome diversity of thought and encourage healthy discussions. By encouraging different viewpoints, your team can come up with innovative strategies and approaches to challenges. Next is leading by example. As a leader, embrace change yourself and openly share your experiences with the team. Be transparent about how you handle change and challenges that you face. Leading by example is a powerful way to inspire your team to adopt a similar mindset. Strategy number two, foster continuous learning. Encourage a culture of learning and professional development. Emphasize the importance of ongoing development and improvement. And lead as a, as a leader, you lead by example in your own pursuit of learning. Provide resources for training and offer opportunities for skill enhancement to ensure your team stays adaptable. Characteristic number seven is all about accountability. A good leader holds themselves and their team accountable for their actions and results. So let's jump into some strategies to promote accountability. Strategy number one is to set clear goals and expectations. Start by identifying clear and specific goals that are aligned with your team's or organizational objectives. Make sure that these goals are smart. 
specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, time-bound. Smart goals, right? So make sure that your goals are smart. Break down your goals, those larger goals, into smaller milestones or tasks to make them more manageable and easier to track progress. So how do you do this? So let's break down each component of this particular strategy. Number one is to be specific with your goals. Clearly outline what you want to achieve. Avoid vague or general statements. Be specific, right? Expectations are only effective as they are specific. So be specific with your goals. Provide clarity and direction to your team, ensuring that everyone understands what needs to be accomplished. Next is making sure your goals are measurable. Establish criteria to quantify the progress toward that particular goal. Measurable goals allow you as a leader and your team to track and evaluate the overall team's performance objectively, right? You're not putting your personal feelings into it. You have data to back it up. You are tracking your team's performance objectively. Next is achievable goals. This allows you to set targets that are realistic and attainable. Overly ambitious goals can demotivate the team. It can bring that team down very quickly if they feel like they aren't able to reach that particular goal because it is overly ambitious, right? So don't have overly ambitious goals because they can demotivate the team while easily achievable goals may not be challenging the team enough right so if your goals are overly ambitious it can cause a demotivation but if your goals are not challenging enough then the team may not be as motivated to work towards those particular goals next is all about relevant goals ensure that the goals align with your team or organizational overall mission and objectives goals should contribute to the bigger picture and support the company's growth next are time-bound goals this is to ensure that you set a specific time frame for achieving the goals having deadlines creates a sense of urgency and helps in prioritizing tasks effectively once you've created your goals the next step is breaking down larger goals Sometimes your objectives might be too big to achieve all at once, right? We know that you can't tackle all goals. You can't eat the elephant all at once. So in some cases, it's helpful to break down the larger goals into smaller manageable milestones or tasks. This progress can be tracked more easily and the team can stay motivated by achieving incremental success, success over time, right? Baby steps. Strategy number two is to establish a feedback culture. Create an environment where feedback is valued and encouraged. Emphasize the importance of open and constructive communication. Encourage team members to provide feedback to one another, fostering a culture of continuous learning and improvement. So let's jump into some strategies. The first step in establishing a feedback culture is to communicate to all team members that feedback is not only welcome, but it is highly valued. This means that feedback should be seen as an essential tool for growth and development rather than something to be feared or avoided. Leaders and managers should set the example, right? We set the example by actively seeking feedback from others, whether they report to us or they're our peers or they're our leadership, but we should be seeking feedback. This helps to demonstrate openness to receiving feedback as well. Effective feedback is both open and constructive. Open communication means that team members should feel comfortable expressing their thoughts, opinions, and concerns without fear of retribution. Constructive communication focuses on providing feedback in a way that is helpful, supportive, and oriented toward improvement rather than criticism. Training sessions or workshops on giving and receiving feedback can be valuable to ensure that team members develop these particular skills. It is important. Feedback is the way to improvement. And the better you are at feedback, the better the growth potential is of those receiving the feedback. 
So in a feedback culture, feedback shouldn't just be top down where managers and leaders provide feedback to their team members. It should also be encouraged horizontally among team members and peers. Everyone should be encouraged to share their observations and insights, promoting a culture of mutual respect and learning. Feedback is not merely about pointing out weaknesses or mistakes. It is about enabling continuous learning and growth. Emphasize that feedback is a tool for improvement and development, and it should be viewed as an opportunity rather than as a threat. When feedback leads to positive changes and improvement, it reinforces the idea that feedback is beneficial for both individuals and the organization as a whole. Let's jump into characteristic number eight, resilience. Resilience enables leaders to navigate challenges and bounce back from setbacks. So here's some strategies to help build your resilience as a leader. Number one, you've heard me say this before, but it is to cultivate a growth mindset. Familiarize yourself and your team members with the concept of a growth mindset. Encourage team members to reflect on their own beliefs and attitudes toward their abilities and potential. Encourage team members to view setbacks and failures as opportunities for learning and growth rather than as indicators of fixed limitations. Help them understand that success often requires sustained effort and a willingness to learn from mistakes. So let's jump into some details about how to do this effectively. First is to ensure that all team members understand the concept of a growth mindset. Provide resources such as articles, books, or workshops that explain the differences between having a fixed mindset and a growth mindset and highlight the benefits of having a growth mindset and what it leads to. Next is to encourage team members to reflect on their own beliefs and their abilities and their own potential. Have open discussions about their attitudes toward challenges and failures. This can help to identify any fixed mindset tendencies that need to be addressed. Next is to acknowledge and reward the effort that team members put into their work, even if the immediate outcome is not successful. Celebrate progress and the willingness to take on challenges, emphasizing the importance of growth over immediate perfection. As a leader, demonstrate a growth mindset in your own actions and in your decisions. Share your own experiences of facing challenges, making mistakes, and learning from them. This vulnerability can inspire your team to adopt a similar mindset. As a leader, encourage continuous learning and skill development within your team. Offer training, workshops, and opportunities for team members to expand their own knowledge and expertise. Create an atmosphere where team members feel safe to take risks, ask questions, and to share their experiences without fear of judgment. Supportive environments are conducive to the development of a growth mindset. Strategy number two is to practice self-care, right? Make self-care a priority. Encourage your team members to do the same. Recognize that taking care of your physical, mental, and emotional health is essential for overall well-being and productivity. Foster a culture that values and supports self-care as an integral part of personal and professional development. Self-care is amazingly important. It helps to do so many different things, which we're going to take a look at here in just a moment. So the very first one is to prioritize self-care. Leaders should lead by example. I'm always about leading by example. So the very first thing you as a leader should do is your own self-care. Demonstrate that your self-care is a priority in your own life. This can be including setting boundaries for work hours, taking breaks, ensuring that you get enough rest and relaxation so that when team members see you as a leader practicing self-care, they are more likely to follow suit. Next is to encourage team members to do the same. Beyond just practicing self-care ourselves as a leader, give your team the ability to practice self-care as well. 
you should encourage and support your team members in prioritizing their own well-being. This could involve discussing the importance of self-care during team meetings, offering resources or workshops on self-care techniques, and being understanding when team members need to take some time off for personal reasons. Give them that moment. We all need it. Once again, we all face certain things in our own life. We need to be flexible and understanding and allow them to have that self-care. Next is taking a holistic approach. Self-care involves taking care of all aspects of one's well-being. That includes the mental, the physical, and the emotional. Encourage team members to engage in activities that promote physical health, such as exercise, balanced diet, uh, regular health checkups. Support their mental health by providing a positive work environment, offering resources for stress management, and ensuring reasonable workloads. Additionally, Foster emotional well-being by promoting open communication and empathy within the team. Next is to establish a self-care culture. Create a culture where self-care is not just encouraged, but it is also valued. Recognize and celebrate team members who prioritize their well-being and share success stories related to self-care practices. So make it clear that taking care of oneself is seen as a sign of strength and dedication and it is not seen as a weakness. Next is all about flexibility and work-life balance. Promote a healthy work-life balance within your team. Encourage flexible work arrangements when possible and avoid fostering a culture of overworking. Recognize that burnout and stress can have detrimental effects on both individuals and organizational productivity. Characteristic number nine, it's all about delegation which is crucial for leaders to leverage the strengths of their team and to prioritize productivity. So let's jump into some strategies on how you can improve your delegation skills. Number one is to identify strengths and assign tasks accordingly. Take time to understand the unique strengths, skills, and capabilities of each team member. Once you have a clear understanding of each team member's strengths, align tasks and responsibilities accordingly. Assign tasks that leverage their strengths and allow them to perform at their best. This not only maximizes their potential, but also increases the chances of successful outcomes. So here are some key tips to help you delegate effectively. Number one is to understand individual strengths. The first step in this strategy is to gain a comprehensive understanding of strengths, skills, and capabilities of each team member. This involves assessing their expertise, their knowledge, experience, and natural talents. You can achieve this through various methods, such as one-on-one discussions, performance evaluations, feedback from colleagues or clients, and also self-assessment activities. Next, skill assessments. Conduct a thorough skill assessment to identify the specific areas in which each team member excels. This can include technical skills, communication skills, problem-solving abilities, creativity, leadership qualities, adaptability, and a whole lot more. Next is looking at personality and work style considerations. Besides technical skills, consider the team's members' personalities and work styles. Some individuals might be more inclined towards teamwork and collaboration, while others might prefer working independently. Taking these factors into account can help create a harmonious and productive work environment. Next is task alignment. Once you have gathered the necessary information, align tasks and responsibilities with the strengths of each team member. Assigning tasks that capitalize on their strengths will likely result in better performance and increased job satisfaction. Next is all about challenges and growth opportunities. While it is important to focus on strengths, it is also crucial to provide opportunities for growth and development. Some tasks might stretch team members beyond their comfort zones, allowing them to acquire new skills and build upon existing ones. 
All right, let's jump into strategy number two, which is to provide clear instructions and expectations. Clearly articulate what needs to be done, including any relevant details, deadlines, and desired outcomes. Avoid ambiguity and ensure that team members have a clear understanding of what is expected of them. After providing instructions, ask team members to summarize or repeat back the instructions to ensure their understanding. Encourage team members to ask questions or seek clarification if anything is unclear. So here's a breakdown of how you accomplish this particular strategy. Number one is to articulate what needs to be done. Clearly state the task and activities that need to be completed. Be specific about the goals, objectives, and deliverables. Use concise language to avoid confusion and ensure that everyone knows their respective roles. Be sure to include relevant details. Provide any necessary information, data, or context that team members might need to complete their tasks successfully. Make sure that they have access to all the resources required for their work. Next is to set deadlines. Assign specific deadlines for each task or milestone. This helps create a sense of urgency and keeps the team on track to meeting overall project timelines. Now, once you've done that, you can set out to define desired outcomes. Explain the expected results or outcomes of each task. Be clear about the quality standards and the level of performance that you are requiring. Then you can confirm their understanding. After providing the instructions, ask team members to summarize or repeat back what they've understood. This step, of course, known as active listening, right, where you can summarize what you have heard from the other person helps ensure that you have grasped the information correctly. Next is to encourage questions and clarifications. Create an open and supportive environment where team members feel comfortable asking questions or seeking clarification. Encourage open communication to address any uncertainties or concerns. All right, let's jump into characteristic number 10. Characteristic number 10 is emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence enables leaders to understand and manage their own emotions and those of their team members. So here's some strategies, two specifically, of course, to develop this emotional intelligence as a leader. Number one is to practice self-reflection. As leaders, we need to set aside regular and dedicated time for self-reflection. This can be daily, weekly, monthly, depending on your preference and your schedule. Cultivate mindfulness during your self-reflection time. Be fully present in the moment and observe your thoughts, your emotions, and physical sensations without judgment. This heightened awareness allows you to gain deeper insights into your experiences and patterns of behavior. So here are five steps for practicing self-reflection. Number one is to schedule dedicated time. Set aside a specific time for self-reflection that works for you. It could be daily, once again, weekly or monthly, depending on what suits your lifestyle and your preferences. The key is to make it a regular habit so you consistently engage in this practice. Number two is to find a quiet space. Choose a quiet and comfortable space where you won't be easily distracted. This could be a corner in your home, a peaceful park bench, or any place that allows you to have uninterrupted time for reflection. Number three is to cultivate mindfulness. During your self-reflection time, practice mindfulness. Mindfulness involves being fully present in the moment and non-judgmentally observing your own thoughts, your emotions, and your physical sensations as they arise. Avoid getting caught up in any particular thought or emotions. Simply observe them as an impartial observer. Number four is to ask guiding questions. So to facilitate deeper insight, consider asking yourself guiding questions. So for an example, what are the major events or interactions that happened today, this week, this month? How did I respond to those challenges or successes? What emotions have been the most prominent and why? 
What patterns or reoccurring themes do I notice in my own behavior? These questions help direct your focus and encourage meaningful introspection. And number five is journaling. Consider keeping a reflection journal. Write down your observations, insights, and thoughts during your self-reflection time. Putting your reflections into writing can solidify your understanding and provide a record of your progress over time. It can also serve as a reference for future self-improvement. Let's jump into strategy number two, which is to develop empathy. Try to understand the perspectives and experiences of others by imagining yourself in their situation. Consider their feelings, challenges, and motivations. Avoid dismissing or minimizing their emotions, even if you may not personally feel the same way. Demonstrating empathy towards their emotions helps create a safe and supportive environment. So here are five steps to develop empathy. Number one is active listening. You're going to hear me mention this a lot. It is the foundation of effective leadership. Your ability to practice active listening when engaging in conversation with others is crucial. Pay close attention to what they're saying and trying to understand not only the words they use, but also the emotion and underlining messages that they're trying to convey. Avoid interrupting or jumping to conclusions before they finish speaking. Number two is to put yourself in their shoes. When someone shares their experiences or emotions with you, make a conscious effort to imagine yourself in their situation. Try to understand how they might be feeling and what challenges they are personally facing. This exercise helps you to see things from their perspective, fostering a deeper connection with their emotion. Step number three is to validate their feelings. Avoid dismissing, right? We don't ever want to dismiss or minimize the emotions that others people express, even if you don't personally share the same sentiments. Instead, validate their feelings by acknowledging them and showing that you understand. Using phrases such as, I can understand why you might feel that way, or it might be tough to go through that. Demonstrate empathy and compassion. Once again, habit five, seek first to understand, then to be understood. Practicing empathic communication is so crucial. Step four is to ask open-ended questions. Encourage open communication by asking thoughtful, open-ended questions. Once you fully understood what the person has been communicating to you, you now have permission to ask questions. This allows others to express themselves more freely and to share their experiences in a more detailed manner. Open-ended questions also demonstrate your interest in understanding their perspective. Step five is to practice empathic responses. Responding to others' emotions with empathy and compassion is crucial. Avoid, once again, jumping to conclusions. Don't be judgmental or trying to immediately offer solutions to their problems. Sometimes all someone needs is just a listening ear or a supportive response. Showing empathy in your words and actions helps to create a safe and caring environment for meaningful interactions. All right, and there you have it. The 10 characteristics and qualities of a good leader. Remember, leadership is a lifelong journey, and by continuously developing these qualities, you can become an exceptional leader who inspires and empowers others. So which characteristic resonated with you the most? Let us know in the comments. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast for more valuable content, which we have tons of it in store. Thank you for tuning in. And remember, to unlock your leadership effectiveness, you must master the cheat code. See you next time.